0: I'm first, huh? I've got 30 minutes. Watch out, whoever's next. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a great privilege to be here. Um, before, before I actually start, um, I just, just um, during worship um, this evening, I just felt God remind me um, the message that I'm actually, that He laid on my heart and that I'm going to be sharing. And he used the worship moment to just, yeah, just bring everything uh, that he has been working in my life. Just, yeah, just bring it to, to my memory. And um, one of the things that he, and actually wrote it down, is the lyrics of This is How We Party. And he says, in everything we do, we choose to praise you. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows there is purpose behind that? We need to be purposeful about praising God in everything we do, yeah. and that's exactly what He has been um, placing in my heart um, for, I would say, for the last three years or so. And um, and He's been working. He's been working on that area. And I've, like Pastor Will said, I've actually I've been diligent in the sense that I didn't want to just come up and and speak out of my own. Um, my own words and just speak out out, but I actually wanted to convey what God has placed in my heart so I took down some notes and um, I'm going to deliberately read from it so that I can also allow time for for everyone else who's going to follow. Um, So I want to start just by saying actually asking you guys a question. If you actually knew that the creator of the universe is purposeful about you. And that he has been and will, and will continue to be purposeful about everything that regards you. Um, that's the, the God that we serve. It's a God that's purposeful about us. He doesn't go about just creating things randomly. He has been purposeful since creation to redeem us back to him. And to bring us into, into relationship with him. So my prayer this evening is that we would leave this place knowing that, confidently walking in it. That um, he has been and we will st- and, and we remain purposeful about you and here's the other thing he's patiently waiting for you to respond to that and I say that because I've been in church for most of my life I was born and raised in church but it took me a while to actually grab that truth and walk in it Um, so wherever you are today just know that it's not by chance if we are to stop and look back at our lives like in a movie reel, we would see God leading us through so many things. For me, it's being here in New Zealand, meeting and marrying my beautiful wife, and now living here in Dunedin. Everything reflects God outworking his purposes in my life. I came into New Zealand without a motive, without anything that attracted me here. In a way, I came aimlessly. Yet, it was in the little town of Wanganui that God brought me together and and met Raquel, and that's where the relationship started. We then moved to Dunedin thinking that Raquel was going to do a post-grad because the dental school is down here, yet she never started that post-grad, and yet we are still here in Dunedin. We may have come for a reason, for our own reasons, but God kept us here for his own purposes. He has been purposeful about my life from the very beginning. And, he has, and it is actually encouraging to know that he has waited for me to realize that. Having understood that, if I am truly to honor God in my life, I too ought to be purposeful about him in all aspects of life. And that's what God has been ministering to me. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul writes that we have each been made God's ambassadors. He goes on to say that God... God's love is what controls him. How God is making his appeal to the world through us. In their realization, God has laid a very simple and yet very challenging phrase in my heart. And that phrase is that I cannot afford not to respond to what he's asking of me. What he's laying in my heart. From the very simple promptings of the Holy Spirit to the life-altering decisions. You see, I found that often we can be asked to do simple things, but the effect that it generates may be alter, life-altering to others. And so the challenge here is to be able to perceive that simple things that God asks of us actually can change and can revolutionize a person's life. And, and we really don't know, we can't comprehend what the outcome may be. So we actually, we need to just, just do it, just do the simple things and, and, and not um, take our own understanding of it and write it off because we think it's insignificant and it can go without action. God may simply ask you to go and talk to someone, lend your ears to a stranger, and what can come from that is beyond our understanding. At other times, though, it can be demanding, it can be uncomfortable, it can be inconvenient, and just plain hard beyond our own abilities and strength. And the challenge then is to remain purposeful to remain firm in what God has asked us to step into so that he can enable us, he can strengthen us through the, um, through the step of obedience that we take. You see, when Moses was chosen um, to deliver the people of Israel, he didn't feel ready as he went to face challenges and resistance. And resistance. But one thing he knew, he knew his God. He believed in, in, in his God. And I think he even went back to that burning bush moment very often to remind himself of what God, of that encounter and what God has, had asked of him and who his God really was. Um, so his encounter with God was actually what led, what made him, what made him lead that purposeful life and the intention behind what carried him to do what God asked of him. And as he did so, he witnessed God deliver time and time again. You see, what I've identified is that we can take God and make Him common in our lives. Here's the thing: we we don't do that deliberately, though. But we we can make God common when we don't react, when we don't respond to what He's asking of us. We can make God common when we react to the circumstances around us, the way we react. And even there I say the way that we serve the house of God and the people around us. We make God common when we put our comfort and convenience in first place. When we really think we can afford to do this or not to do that. What has really challenged me is how can I really know who God is, who the true God is, and how can I actually truly honor him and yet find myself... Living a passive Christian life. Pastor Will used an expression this morning uh, that I actually wrote it down afterwards. Um, he said that, um, and here's the thing, if we are actually to be honest about ourselves, at one time or another, we would have found ourselves in that situation. And that's the place of being a professional Christian. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm just being honest because I found myself in that place. Um, But, you see, God knew you before you existed. He has declared a purpose in this world according to his higher view. Not according to what you see, but he has placed a purpose in your life according to his vision for you. He sees potential when you may not yet see it. He not only sees a mighty man and woman of God, but he has declared it into being when he actually gave you life. So God knows all that you can become only if we choose to step into his purpose being intentional about doing some things especially when it requires us to step out a God-purposed life goes beyond knowing and trusting God and that is a mistake I often used to make I found in these last three years that you can know God and really know God you can trust God and really learn to trust God I've also found that being purposeful in the things of God often lands us in a place of serving. Purposefulness sets us up for what God is doing. Your life is propelled into active Christianity when you actually are purposeful about it. It creates the space in the business of life to encounter Jesus. Here's what the dictionary says about purposefulness. It's having a purpose, the reason for which something is done or exists, determination and resoluteness, to be intentional. I don't know about you, but I find that I really need to be purposeful about studying. Otherwise, I get distracted. And that's another thing that Pastor Will actually mentioned this morning, which just excited my spirit. And um, Pastor Will said he talked about distraction. And I feel uh, that just sort of jumped in my spirit because I find the distraction It's another thing that robs us of God's purpose in our lives. We can be so distracted with the business of life that that we just don't do what God is asking of us. So being purposeful can be uncomfortable. Being purposeful can take us places of weaknesses and um, just showing vulnerability. And vulnerability is an interesting one. I have started um, to identify the weakness um, in my life. And I've purposefully put myself there to get strengthened by God. So for me, one of the things that I would like to encourage um, you guys is just step out. When Pastor Will said, would you like to bring a message on the tag, on the tag preaching? He probably laughed. My immediate answer was, would I? I don't want to. But here's the thing. I need to. If I want to grow, if I want to be part of God's greatest plan, if I, if I want to be used by God. It should not be about my wants and needs. It should be intentional. It should be about me putting my hand up and saying, yeah, here I am, God. And the same thing, initiating conversation with people is often uncomfortable, especially if you don't know them. Well, lately I've been throwing myself at the VIP area just to see what happens. It's about putting yourself up and setting yourself in the space for God to use you. So being purposeful is about setting ourselves up to what God wants to do in us and through us. It is creating that space where the experience that the Bible says about one day in his courts being worth more than a thousand elsewhere. That's what it is. Stepping out and being purposeful about it, setting aside the time, and just making sure that the business of life doesn't get in the way of you and your God and what God has for you. So for me, that has been um, the challenge I've been been walking on. And it's been awesome because I've been able to see God come through where I wouldn't have been able to. And so my challenge is out there for you guys as well is that you guys would just be purposeful in everything. Just find where your weaknesses are and be purposeful about activating God in it and surrendering that to God. Well, I'll leave it at that because my time has expired. And the next person will take my place and carry on. Thank you, guys.
1: Awesome, well done, Mike. On, very cool, very cool. Well, I want us to all stand to our feet again as we welcome the next person who we're just going to pluck out of thin air. Oh, Roy's trying to start a slow clap. It was, oh, it, it, I reckon it was going to go, but uh, well, it's another, it's another great, uh, man that I've met over the last a year or so, and. Uh, Okay, there we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well done, well done, well done for the... That's great, that's great. (laughs) Great slow clap, but it's all right. Um, Another great man that I've met, uh, him and his wife are a a great part of the life of the church, and it's been great to get to know them. And as they've been a a local for many years, and we've even uh, had the privilege of meeting their sons and their daughters first. So I'm narrowing it down for you for those that are trying to guess. But I want you to put your hands to you together for the one and only Mr. Gareth Bruce. Thanks.
2: Thanks, Pastor Will. You know, I really thought the extension had been done for us to do the tag preaching. but There you go. It's for Scrooge. Hey, um, God is amazing, Mike. I, I, when I um, took up the challenge as well, I thought, man, I wonder if, if what I'm going to say is going to fit. <laughs> with what anybody else is gonna say. And uh, God is just so good. It's just amazing what he does. Response, it's awesome. You know, we, uh, Deirdre and I decided to come to this church. Um, well, there were two great kids that were here for a start. But, um, no, no, honest. We, we came because we wanted purpose in our lives. We wanted something that, that we could respond to. We'd been, we'd been Christian. I've been Christian for 33 years. And, um, and those of you that are around my age will know that it's very easy to go stale as you get older. And then you just sit in the pew and you're basically waiting for God. You're just waiting until it's all over and just sort of hope that everything sort of cruises along. And I'm sorry, but that's not good enough for me. It's not what I want. And um, over the past few months, um, Pastor Will in particular has been outlining vision for enlargement. He's wanting vision, you know, some new purpose, something for us to aim for. And um, at Vision Night on Wednesday, he presented some of the challenges that we face if we want to take up vision. And uh, it's a little scary. Pastor Will, to be honest. You know, some of the stuff you're outlining and and where we might be able to go is pretty scary. But someone once said if the vision doesn't scare you, then it probably isn't from God. You should keep that in mind. God's vision should be a little scary, it should be a little beyond our human reach. It should require us to depend on God to do it. You see, we need vision. Um, Proverbs 29 18 where there is no vision the people cast off restraint some versions read that the people perish and what that means is is that if there is no vision then there's no direction and there's no momentum for people with a lack of God's vision people begin to cast off God okay and they start setting their direction by their own imaginations their own strength uh, by their own guidelines and that's a dangerous place a dangerous direction to go in I know for me that when I lose sight of God's vision in my life, it has less direction. I have less momentum, you know, and, and my life just starts winding down. And uh, it becomes a little random and chaotic. And I wonder, what's going on? And you see, I've just lost vision. I've just lost where I'm going. But we need someone to receive God's vision. You see, it's not an easy thing for Pastor Will or Pastor Desiree or anyone else to get up here and to try and cast a vision for us. Um, Over those 33 years as a Christian, I've seen many leaders present visions and call for revival. Now, I've heard many prophetic words, but I've got to be honest with you, I have not seen any of those efforts achieve anything significant. That's a sad thing to say, but it's true. It's not that I think the visions were wrong. that, That would be unfair if the people putting a vision out there. They weren't wrong, but I've learned that getting others to see vision and to take hold of vision, that's really difficult. You know, our leaders strive hard to, to, to get a word from God and say, God, where can we take this people with you? But it's really hard for them to, to get us on board. In February, um, Pastor Will called me up to the stage here and he pressed me for a word. And uh, the word that the Lord gave me that night was, where and how you decide to build the platform you will stand on determines the extent of your vision. So where you're going to position yourself, where you're going to place yourself is how much you're going to see. I know now that God was speaking directly to me about that. And so I just want to use this opportunity to follow up just with some things that happen that actually happen in our lives that can limit vision. So our leaders can be casting and working hard, but we can limit vision. So I just want to take you through five things really quickly. We limit God's vision through fear. Uh, One of the greatest limitations to realizing the vision is the buy-in from you and me. You know, when God took the Hebrews into the wilderness, you read about it in, in Numbers 13. He took them into the wilderness, and you might remember, they'd only been there a few months, and they decided they were going to send some spies into the land of Canaan, find out what it was like. So they pick one man from each tribe, and they send them into the, to the land. They go in and scout the land out, and they come back. And they're giving this really good report. They're saying, well, it's, it's milk and honey, and they bring back, you know, grapes. just They're just huge. They're like, they're like tennis balls you know, and stuff like that, and, and it's just, they said, it's flowing with milk and honey. They said that there's remnants of the Anak there, now the Anak were giant people, they were really tall people, sort of nine feet tall, I said, yeah, there's remnants of those people, and they're really strong, you know, and, uh, but then some other guys came in and said, well, yeah, they are, <laughs> they're really strong, they're really big, we can't beat these guys, I mean, it's the dangerous place, yeah, it's milk and honey and food for, for, for everyone, but it's going to be tough, we can't beat these guys, and Caleb quiet the people down, and he said, no. He said, come on, this is God's vision for us. We're, we're, Moses has given us this from God. Let's go up there and take this land right now. Yeah. You know, yeah, he, I bet you he was quaking in his boots are the size of those, 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 those descendants of Anak. But he, he knew God's vision, he wanted to go. He was prepared to run. But you know, the people didn't trust. They didn't listen to Caleb and Joshua who also gave that good report. They didn't trust them, and at that point, God turned them back into the wilderness for 40 years. They went into the wilderness to do that because they wouldn't trust God to follow the vision. 40 years wasted, and you know that not one person of that generation ever saw the land of Israel. No one under the age of 20 got to see it. Now think about that vision. You've got a vision being cast, and you think, man, do you want to miss out for 40 years and just wander around aimlessly, or do you want to be part of something? Joshua and Caleb were the only two out of that entire generation who got across him. We limit God's vision through apathy. That's a response, a lack of response. We can can limit things by having a lack of enthusiasm. You might um, remember King Joash, uh, if we get into Kings 13, uh, 2 Kings 13. Joash uh, didn't follow God's ways. Um, He did evil in the sight of the Lord, it says. Um, But he knew that God was powerful. Now, Elisha was working in the land at the time, and he knew that he was a man of God. You know, he knew all this stuff, but he wasn't just bringing God into things. And so there were some limits going on. They were being, uh, Israel was being overlorded by the Syrians. They had lots of chariots and horses, and Elisha was ill and dying. So old Joash, knowing God's powerful, goes to him. And, and uh, Elisha tells Joash to get some arrows, shoot them out the east window. And if your echo's in the Bible, east deliverance always comes from the east shoot them out the east window, and then he said, now take hold of the arrows, he said, and bang them on the floor. And so Joash takes the arrows and he bangs them on the floor. One, two, three. And Alessia gets angry with (laughs) him. Three, is that all? Three. You know, if you'd done this five or six times, you would have conquered the Syrians. You see, he was apathetic. You can imagine him, can't you? What, bang the arrows on the the (sighs) ground? One, two, three, there you go. You know, no, get on there. Bang, 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 bang. And keep asking God for more. Keep asking God for more because God's doing it. We're not doing it, God's doing it. So we need to have enthusiasm about the vision that's being cast for us. We limit God's vision by restricting resources. Um, we read about the widow in 2 Kings 4. She was in debt and her sons were about to be taken as slaves. And she again, she cried out to Elisha again, And he came to the house and he said, now what little have you got? And at first she said, nothing, except, funny eh, she had nothing, I accept. She has got something, she had a small jar of oil. So Elisha says, well go out and get vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbours, get as many as you can, and bring them in to the house. And they brought them in, they started pouring oil into the vessels. And it just went from one vessel to another vessel, to another vessel, to another vessel, and they just kept going. And the only reason that the oil stopped was because they ran out of vessels, okay? They ran out of resources. They ran out of somewhere to put it. So we can limit God by restricting resources. We resource God's vision. We do it. God doesn't just drop dollar bills out of the sky. He calls upon his people to do it. And it's not that God needs our money. He doesn't need our money. But he's asking for it as an act of faith, okay? And faith and vision. He's asking for our tithes and our offerings uh, so that we can participate in his vision with the expectation of seeing a return. And Jenny will be able to tell you that you can't expect a return on your money if you're not banking with her, right? If you're not investing, what interest? Don't even dream about it. It ain't happening. So you know, we need to be investors. Another one is, um, this one's um, always triggered. This one's been on my mind a lot of time. God's vision is for those outside the church. Jesus teaches us that God's vision is for the lost. Okay, remember Matthew 18, where he's talking about the, 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 the guy who's got 100 sheep and one goes missing. And he leaves the 99 in safety. He leaves them. And he goes looking for that one. And there's great celebration when he finds that one that's lost. God is, for us, the fields of harvest are not actually in here. We see a few salvations and that's wonderful. It's really exciting to be part of, isn't it? But the fields are white for harvest out there and the labourers are few. That's God's vision and we need to get ourselves a little bit beyond that. It's great to come in here and praise, isn't it? It's great to have in here. We define the party absolutely right. It's great to have that praise and God even sets a day, a week aside for us to come and deliberately do that. But that's not the primary mission of what we're here for. God says we can do that, we can come, it's called a holy convocation. Get all the ones that believe, come together, praise God, build yourselves up, get strengthened. For what? To go out there, to go back out in the world as Christians. So God wants us to do that. And if you study the history of revival, it might surprise you that revival hardly ever begins within a church. Okay? Revival was primarily started when the people of God get a vision of the mission field out there. And then people in, within, within the church catch that vision, okay, for the lost. And then we extend ourselves. And you know, we have to push ourselves. We have to drive ourselves to respond. That's what I want to do. I feel really challenged by what Pastor was laying in front of us. I feel quite scared about it. I think, man, I've, been, I've had it pretty comfortable as a Christian. <laughs> but I want to I go for the vision as well. You know? you know, and churches are often reluctant to join revival until it's a success. go out there and create a success and you'll see churches lining up to to be part of it. It's amazing. The last thing I wanna share with you is, are we ready for the fruit of God's vision? That might seem like a funny question. I've often wondered why the church hasn't seen that much revival. It's just chipped along, bits and pieces here and there. But I wonder if it's because we're not really ready for the kind of people that might come through our doors. You see, my favourite story in the Bible is about Zacchaeus. He's up the tree, he's trying to, trying to see Jesus, right? Zacchaeus is a scumbag. He really is. He's, he's a Jew who collects taxes for the Romans. Not only does he do that, he swindles all the people. They hate him. He, he's just no good. And he's sitting up the tree trying to see Jesus and Jesus comes along and you might expect, you know, if this was me, I'd come along and go, Zacchaeus, you dirty scumbag, sitting up that tree, proud as punch. You need to come down from that tree. You need to clean yourself up. You need to get on your knees and pray. Amen. And then once you've got all that stuff sorted out, maybe, just maybe, I might come to your house. What does Jesus do? Tips it on his head. He just says, oh, Zacchaeus, come hurry down, mate. I need to come around and stay at your place. And everybody goes, what? He's a scumbag. And Jesus doesn't even address the issue that he's a scumbag. Jesus is the hardest for the lost. And Zacchaeus' response is just out of gratitude. He says, oh, look, I'll give back four four times what I took. See, Jesus lets the response come out of gratitude. But Zacchaeus might not be the sort of guy you and I might want to sit beside in church initially. We have to think about that. How do you feel about inviting people into our church that have not yet got it sorted out? What if they smell? No, seriously, what if they smell? What if they're rough? What if they take a long time to make progress? Are we willing to accept sinners? Because that's what I was when God accepted me. I didn't have it all right. I still don't. But God accepted me and he's graciously giving me room to make improvements. Just to finish up, Pastor Sam reminded us last week of the church of Laodicea, which was lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. Can I tell you from experience that lukewarm Christianity is extremely unsatisfying? I've been there. It is boring. It is uneventful. It's unfruitful, it's disappointing. You think to yourself, where has God gone? Took me a long time to wake up and realize that it was me who had not gone anywhere. I had not got on vision. I had not looked and tested vision and said, you know, if that person gave that vision, is that from God? Because if it is, I should be on it. I need to get moving with it. You know, and Mike mentioned it before, you know, God is on the move. He's pursuing his vision and he's looking for anyone that will say, here I am, send me. That's my challenge to you. Will you hear that vision? Will you test it? Will you put it before God and say, I'm listening, God. Here I am, send me. Very good, very good.
1: Well done, very good. Well, let's jump to our feet. And we don't need that low clap. Just, just jumping in there right from the start. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was, it had its moment. It was a good moment. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I was, I was thinking how to introduce this last person because, uh, she is a great uh, lady. She's a great woman of God, and I thought, you know, it's, it's best for uh, the lady to go last. Um, but, but being careful with my words. Uh, because they generally have just a few more words, just a few more words than some of the guys have to say, and so. But uh, but I, I know. Um, one of the things that inspires me about her is her heart of worship, and her 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 also diligence to learn, her diligence to uh, serve God because he uh, he deserves the best. And I know tonight you're going to get the best out of this person. And so I know uh, I want you to put your hands together for the amazing, um, I can't say other, I can't say other half, I'm not going to say better half, but they're a great couple. But we're going to also hear from the amazing Raquel. So come on, put your hands together for her.
0: Um,
3: you all right, stand in? That's cool. Now you can sit. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I'll just pop that that way. So, it's a bit easier. So, when Pastor Will asked me to um, share something tonight, I, um, I knew exactly what I wanted to share. Um, so, what I have to share is quite simple. So, I feel quite... Um, humbled to be here and especially to follow mike and and gareth with so um sort of deep knowledge and and it was just great but um um, yeah and even at some point that i was preparing my message i thought was going to be too simple but i believe that sometimes we need to go back to simple because the simple um it can just unlock it can break the chains of our most complicated problems so um so, so there it is. So lately, one of the things that um has spoken to me through the messages here at church um is that God um will use the pressure in your life today to inspire others or to change others' lives in the future. Um, for and He used that for a greater purpose that you can imagine. So every time um that that word came came through, I think Pastor John said it and Pastor Sema and. Difficult times in your life, God, we use it. The same thought would come to my head. Um, wouldn't it be great if I had the opportunity to share my um, my dad's testimony? Um, and because um, I really, I really like testimonies. They just encourage us, and it's all about God. It's not about what I can do in my own strength. It's just about, what about what what he can um, do. So I feel very, really humbled to be here. Um, yeah, just to share that with you, and I really pray that the Holy Spirit will minister um, and just yeah, just talk to you through what I ha- what I have to say. So, um, God talks to me a lot through songs, um, and there is one song by um, David Crowder that um, spoke to me a lot recently. And I'll just read some of the verse and the chorus. Um, so it starts like this: "There is no space that His love can't reach. There is no place where we can't find peace." There is no end to amazing grace. I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I am holding on. Love like this, oh my God, to find. I'm o- I'm over- I am overwhelmed with a joy divine. Love like this sets our hearts on fire. So the title um, of what I would like to share today is The Overwhelming Peace of God. Um, so in the end of 2004, my um, dad was diagnosed with cancer. And um, and that was you know I don't even need to say that was a shock to all of us because he was healthy he was going to the gym and then one day he felt a bit of pain had some exams done and um, and it was cancer um, that was the one thing in my life I thought I would never be prepared to face that would be to lose my my best friend and and see him suffering because we know what chemotherapy radiotherapy does to you. Um, So far, I had a a really blessed life. I never had to face any issues or any deep problems. Uh, And then all of a sudden, this big storm hit our lives. Um, And one of the things that I learned through that journey is that while we live in this world, we are vulnerable to storms. Um, God doesn't want us to go through storms, but we live in a world that is full of them, so... At times, we'll have to face one, we'll have to face two, we'll have to face three. We'll we'll need to face them. Um, Recently, one vision that God gave me was um, we we live in a house with lots of glass, so we have like a 180-degree view, and um, it was raining and wild outside and the ocean, and the trees were shaking, and the wind was blowing. But I was inside, and everything was quiet, and I was protected, there was a worship song in the background. I was having a cup of tea, um, just watching the storm outside. And even when the storm keeps going, I had peace inside my house because I've got the roof on top of my head and, and nothing can hit me. Um, and sometimes the storm will keep going for days, but we will remain protected uh, and having a good good time. Um, so I felt God was saying storms will happen and they may, may they may even last a while but he will give us peace not only after we're through the storm or when the storm is over but while we're facing them as well um and we'll be happy we'll be joyful not only when the storm is finished but also through the storm so i got to the point that god wants us to be happy while we are facing storms. Um, so I will just read some some uh, something that Paul said in Second Corinthians twelve, eight to ten. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight. The, the NLT version says, I take pleasure in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Um, I know this letter from Paul, it reflects a different um, context than the one that I'm talking about. But on the other hand, Paul was also facing his own personal storm, it was a different reason, but he was facing his storm. Uh, and the words that jumped at me when, while I was reading that passage, were "I take delight in in difficulties," and I felt that God is also saying that it's not only Paul that got to be happy in his difficulties, but we also need to be content, to be filled with godly joy, while we're facing any difficulty in life, because um, we, if we're not joyful while we're facing a difficult situation, we will not only live life in our full godly potential, but we also miss out on what God has prepared for us to enjoy at that specific time of our lives. Um, that is easier said than done, but I'll just go back to my dad's testimony. Uh, in that time, we had to learn how to be joyful while facing that difficulty, because um, the alternative was facing a different, another storm that was him passing away. So we had to learn how to be joyful through the storm. Um, So while the cancer storm lasted, we all had to learn to be happy and to be filled with a godly joy because we didn't know how long we'd have my dad with us. And today um, I can testify that through all that time, his chemotherapy, surgery, radiotherapy, we were a very happy family. We were so happy that our friends and uh, people that knew us thought his cancer was curable or he was in remission already. uh, And it was just spreading everywhere. But people couldn't tell, but ju- just by how happy we were. Uh and that just comes from God. It's you just can't be like you can't be happy on your own when we are going through there. Uh you're just yeah, totally dependent on, on God. Um he came to New Zealand, he, he was still doing chemotherapy, but he came to New Zealand, we traveled, he met, have all my friends here. Um and I have memories that I wouldn't have those memories today. Unless we were filled with God's peace then, um and I remember even thinking oh i, I sometimes it was just so intense. I wish I could have grabbed some and put in a bottle so I could take it later on whenever I needed, but isn't that peace available to us every time all the time um So when my dad was diagnosed, the doctor gave him six months to a year to live. But my dad was a doctor, uh, and, my, and my dad was a doctor, so he knew that in the natural, that was accurate because his cancer was very aggressive. Um, but he, did, he lived five years uh, after he diagnosed. The doctors still so they, they couldn't explain. But the overwhelming part of this testimony is that those five years were happy, yeah. very happy five years. Um, today, of course, I miss my dad. I, I miss him every day. But I miss him without suffering because I know we'll we'll meet again. It's like that song that we just sang, we we will rise again. Um, We're living in this world very very temporarily. We're we're passing through, really. He passed through our will. We we all will, but we will meet in in the real world where we belong uh, with our God. And that reassurance in my heart that gives me comfort is the peace that comes from God. Um, He can fill us with His joy, with His peace, with His love, even when things are not easy and in the natural we'll see no way out. Um, I feel God wants to remind all of us tonight that He is with us and um, while we're facing difficulties we should rejoice because we serve a God that is gracious and He's sufficient and He can fill us with His peace. Even when we're going through a storm and the wind is just blowing right on on our face. So I'll just finish with some of Philippians 4, that letter from Paul to Philippians 4. Um, I'll just read some verses. So uh, it, it is quite well known, but I thought that was yeah, quite, quite fitting to, to finish. Um, so always be joyful. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considered in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Not that I ever... I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength.
1: Awesome. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, yeah. I'm going to ask the three guys, three people who uh, preached tonight to jump back up on stage for a moment. That's all that's key. Okay. And, and why don't we jump to our feet as well? Cool. You know, uh, God does have a purpose for us. We've called, been called by God. We've been being. being Called by God to outwork the plan, there which is the plan of redemption through Christ Jesus, and we do need to have a purpose in our life. You know, also with that purpose, we, we can sometimes say, "Yeah, I want to do something," but really, God has God will give you a vision as well. God will give you a vision to follow. God will connect you with people and to follow that vision. And that's what he's doing here with us as a church in Dunedin, really believing for God to come and move, and and that we can not just be a a church that uh, exists for ourselves, but we can be a church that exists for the city of Dunedin. And the vision that we have for that it means that you and I have a responsibility. But out of that vision, though, as as Raquel said, we do live in a fallen world. We live in a world that uh, ha, ha, has. Adversary, It has uh, complications. It has uh, competition because the devil doesn't want you to succeed. He doesn't want us to succeed in telling the world uh, about who Jesus Christ is, even even t- declaring the peace and the love that Jesus has uh, in, in our own lives. And so to, uh, just before that, I asked them to jump back up is because... Um, for I, I believe tonight that they've spoken and, and clearly they've obeyed what the Lord has placed on their hearts, and I want us to respond, and that's why I've got these guys back up. And all I'm going to ask them to do is just to pray uh, through just just real quickly for a, a minute or whatever, is just over the area that they 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 preached on tonight, whether it's purpose. Maybe tonight you're you're not even sure about your purpose in who you are, your purpose in who you are as a Christian even. Maybe you're unsure of what you've been called to do. Maybe you don't have a vision tonight. Maybe you don't even know what's coming up in the next year or two. Maybe you're asking God tonight, Lord, tonight. And maybe possibly it's about joining a vision. The Bible talks about how to serve someone else's vision before He'll release you into serving your own vision maybe tonight that could be an area that you just want to, uh, as, as we pray you're going to ask the Lord to just, just do some stuff in your heart and and, and I, I really believe, you know, just listening to Raquel, the testimony of her heart, the testimony of God's peace and God's mercy through adversary, through hard times, through the tests and through the trials. Maybe you're going through a test and a trial right now and you need to know uh, that, that peace and, uh, and And and, and as she prays, I pray that Holy Spirit will come upon you tonight. And so we're just going to pray tonight. Is that okay? I hope it is because that's what we're going to (laughs) do. So let's
0: pray in Jesus' name. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you that you're mighty. We thank you for who you are, Lord God. We thank you for knowing who you are. Lord, we just, um, we just lift up ourselves and, and this church, Lord God, to you. Father, we just pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will just release purpose, Lord, into our hearts. Father God, just, Lord, just highlight areas, Lord, that you would like us to um, act um, into, Lord God, that we would just like to us to step into and just surrender to you, Lord God, and be purposeful on it. Father, we just, Lord, we just... We just surrender ourselves to you, Lord, because we know, Lord God, that you've got greater purposes in our lives, Lord. Father, we we don't want to just pass through lord as raquel mentioned lord god we don't just want to pass through we want to leave lord god an impact in this city in this nation we want to be used lord god for the purposes that you've created us lord father we can go through it and not be effective lord and we will never see your greatness lord and we can also choose to be purposeful we can choose to step into what you're calling us to we can choose to surrender our weakness to you lord so that we can be made strong made strong through the victory of jesus lord and just lord god just carry lord the stones that you've placed for us to pick up lord father we just we just release purpose lord in jesus name into every heart father and they'll be able lord god to just identify those areas lord and start to be to be purposeful about it start lord god to just walk in it lord knowing that you are with us father lord the vision lord that you have for this church let lord god Let's be purposeful in it, Lord. We just, Lord, we just we just pray, Lord God, you're anointing every everyone over everyone, Lord God. And that we would know, Lord God, the purposes, Father, that you've placed in each and every one of us. And that we'll be able to walk in it, Lord. Not trying to do, Lord God, what is what is beyond what you've called us to, but that we'll be able to just walk in it confidently. Knowing, Lord God, that although we may not have it ready, although we may not have it all together. Lord God, that you'll be pushing away the fear, the timidity, the inaccuracy. And that you just, Lord God, we'll just be placing boldness. And just pouring your spirit, Lord God. Enabling us to do, Lord God, what you have asked of us. Lord, we just pray in Jesus' name. And we surrender ourselves, Lord God, to what you're doing in this place.
3: Thank you, God, that you are here right now. We thank you, God, for... um, your peace that just transcends our human understanding. We thank you, God, that um, although we, we're so small, you are so big, and you just come with your wings, and you, can, you just hover over us, Lord God, and embraces us. We thank you, God, for your goodness, for your kindness, for your mercy, for everything that you have done. And we thank you, God, for everything that is yet to come, Lord God, in this city we lift up this city to you, Lord. We believe that um, no one here is um, here just by chance, Lord, but um, we are here with a purpose um, to just serve you and um, and just see the lost turning back to you. God, I pray right now that your peace will be felt in this place. Just come like a fire, Lord. Come like the wind and just fill us up. Fill us up where we um, we are empty, Lord God, where we... Um, we We just need you lord we declare that we are nothing without you lord jesus we humble ourselves to your feet and we thank you god we thank you for everything that you have done for the many blessings for for healing we thank you god for healing for uh, provision and we declare your peace in jesus name
2: God, I just want to pray tonight for those people that just know in themselves they've got a fear of man. That, that when they hear about these things, about God moving, that they, they just get that fear in their heart. And it's just such a challenge to, to try and face up to other people, those people at work, those people at school, people in your family. It can, it can be really hard for some people just to even contemplate that you would send them out to do that father god but i just want to if you're that kind of person just lift your hands where you are you don't have to show everybody just lift your hand because i want to pray for you because god never sends anybody to do anything that he can't accomplish he would never do that he would never do that to you he will never send out his spirit without it going to achieve something and if he said that that's what's going to happen then you can go confidently with him that God wants to bless you in all that you do. He said in his word that he gives us life and that life in abundance, he gives it in fullness to you. He doesn't want you to wallow around in fear and worry and anxiety, but he wants you to see his victories. And Lord, I just pray that every person in this room tonight would see a move like we saw when Peter first preached and 3000 people gave their hearts to you, God, in that very place. And I pray that these people would see this, Lord, I pray that we would see a move like that in our city. I pray that your spirit would move across this city, touching people beyond anything we do, Lord. And that we would just go out and we would just begin to harvest for you. But Lord, strengthen us. Let us not be afraid to take up your vision. Let us not cower back and get lost in the wilderness for 40 years and be dissatisfied and disappointed and miss out on seeing anything. Father God, I just I just thank you for your goodness to us. We know, Lord, that, that if you want, want to go fishing with you, we have to get in the boat and push out from shore. And Father God, I ask that you would strengthen us to do that, that your spirit would just come upon each person here tonight in a special way, and that get excited about becoming something mighty that you want to do. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Hallelujah.
1: Awesome.
2: Thank you, guys.
1: I just really believe tonight that the Lord just wants to say that He looks out and He just sees beauty. He just sees beauty. For a guy, come on, it's okay. You can be beautiful. Because beauty is not about what is seen on the outside. Beauty is about what is seen on the inside. Courage is beautiful. Strength is beautiful knowing who you are in God is beautiful and Father tonight I just thank you for the words that have been spoken in this room and I thank you Lord that we're in the middle of a move of God and Lord that your desire is to see people drawn to you to know who you are Jesus as their Lord and Savior and I thank you tonight that we can stand here probably most of us can put our hand up and say yeah I've I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I thank you that you, we've been able to receive that. But if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'd love to lead you in a a very short prayer. The prayer just says, "Jesus, today I open the door of my heart, and I ask you to come in." I'm not too sure about all of this, but tonight I'm just standing here and I'm hearing this testimony of of purpose, this testimony of vision, this testimony of peace and that there's a love in this place. Tonight, don't leave this place without knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's by faith tonight that we choose to believe that Jesus took the penalty of our sin when He died on the cross, but on the third day, He rose again. He conquered the grave victorious. And one day, He's coming back for you and me. And we're going to spend eternity with Him in heaven. Just tonight, right here, while, while, as, as we're here tonight, I'd love to pray this prayer with you. And just so I know who I'm praying for, I just want you to be bold and say, yeah, Pastor Will, oh, that's me. I want to pray that prayer tonight. And all you need is just shoot your hand up real high. I'll see it. You can put it back down. It's just so I know who I'm praying for tonight. And I'd love to connect with you afterwards and, 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 and just say hi. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you want to pray this prayer, just shoot your hand up and I'll see it. Just looking around. uh, That's cool. But Father, tonight I thank you for your love and your grace that is on our lives. And Lord, we thank you for the testimonies and the, the words that have been spoken tonight. Lord, stir our hearts to continue to be a light in this world, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for these beautiful, amazing people in this room, Lord, that I just believe are going to become contagious Christians that point people to you, Jesus. And, Lord, we choose again to lay down our lives to serve you, Lord. I thank you, God, for all that you've done as you sent your son Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. And tonight we continue to worship and praise you. And in Jesus' name again, we thank you and we praise you. And everyone says... Amen. Come on, if you love Jesus, just give him one more clap, one more shout of praise. Also, let's give these guys a hand. did they do well?